One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Sandsmith Radio, I found crumbs under my bed. Hi everyone, I know we said we'd take a break, but Star Wars came out, and we just really love playing around in that universe, so I'm like 80% sure that we will take a break, like soon, maybe. Either way, uh, today's episode of Move Maintenance is sponsored by Geek Fuel. You ever find your geek levels plummeting? Well, refuel with Geek Fuel. Just go to geekfuel.com slash sandspants and starting from 14 bucks a month, these bugger lugs will send out a box filled with a brim of pop culture, film and geeky goodness. That's geekfuel.com slash sandspants. Also, today's episode is sponsored by Ian Martin, whose ebook Winter Hill is available to purchase and download from all good local Amazon websites. Just head to Amazon.com and search for Winterhill or head to his website, ianmartinbooks.co.uk. That's I-A-I-N. It's a sci-fi book series that acts more like a box set. So if you're like me, who's more familiar with Netflix's red circle of loading than members of his own family, then this is the e-book series for you. It's got great world building, sweet space adventures, aliens, criminals, story arcs, words you can read with your eyes, paragraphs, and all that great stuff we've come to expect from an e-book. So just search for Winterhill by Ian Martin on Amazon.com and start reading today. Links in the show notes of this very episode. And if you've got anything you'd like to spruik, just send us an email, sanspansradio at gmail.com. Oh, and if you want to see us live and in person, we're doing another live show. February the 18th, same time and place as the last one, so the Eureka Hotel down in Richmond at 7pm, throw us a gold coin at the door, grab a couple of drinks, tuck into some dinner and have yourself a goddamn time. Now, enjoy the episode. Hi everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Movie Maintenance, the show where some films just need pitching. Today, we're looking at Gabe's ideal Star Wars anthology film. Okay, what do you got right. for us? Okay, so well, I think like one of the one of the most exciting things about this whole Disney buying Star Wars thing, apart from the whole new trilogy and everything that we've spoken about ad nauseum, is is the whole Star Wars anthology series mm-hmm. that's coming out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because like the potential is enormous. Like the fact that you know most of the most of the films as presented, like you know the six as they are, and Force Awakens and whatever's coming next is sort of very Jedi-focused and Jedi-centric. And the fact yeah. that, you know, Rogue One is coming out and that's going to be just about, you know, it's a heist, heist film, film in set Star in the Star Wars, Wars universe. With Mads and, then, and Forrest Whitaker. And Mads! Yes. And then, you know, there's a Han Solo film coming out and, you know, a rumoured Boba Fett film and things like that. I mean, the potential of kind of going off to all these different territories mm. or... Look, in my case, mine actually is a Jedi-focused film. But, um, <laughs> all but it's that, all a, that. And then, by the way, It's a very different Jedi. Jedi-focused yeah, film. The one it's, thing I've always loved about the Star Wars universe is that the best parts of Star Wars I've always found are the ones that don't focus on uh, Jedi stuff. Like, I love KOTOR, and even though he doesn't focus on Jedi stuff, there's a lot that ain't. Um, and, like, that game that almost got made. Um, Whoa, one three, one three, one three. Yeah. yeah. I can bring that back. Oh, you'll make me such a happy boy. See, mine is mine, what, I, what I've done here is I've, I've kind of it is it is Jedi focused, but it's a bit of a different Star Wars film. It's a darker Star Wars film. It's a grittier Star Wars film, right. and it's a very character driven Star Wars film. Um, it's kind of a it's a bit of a western set in the Star Wars universe, and I'm talking like a gritty, you know, down and dirty and filthy and violent western set in the Star Wars universe. And I don't want I actually don't want to give too much away. I'm just going to launch straight into it because that's what Star Wars. Yeah. Almost is and was at, at points. Was it's, it's a, a yeah. three, it's a three part thing. It's part fantasy, part sci fi, part western. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I'm leaning right into the western side. Good. Of here. That's the best part I'm of it. I'm getting right into that. Um, okay. So mm-hmm. let's begin. I'm going to try to read my own notes here. 
So we're going to open on the sweeping vistas of Tatooine. All right. You know, Fine. first thing in the morning, two suns rising, blood red sky. Cool. There's a swell of music. Right. Figure crest the horizon, silhouette against the sun, bearded, rugged. It's Obi-Wan Kenobi. So we follow him, moving over dunes behind rocks until he sees a small deer-like creature. Removes from his cloak a spear, a small spear. And with total force-guided precision, spears it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Takes it home, cooks it, eats in the hut. And we begin to get a bit of a montage of Obi-Wan's life. All right, so how old is Obi-Wan? This is point? about five years after Revenge of the Sith. Okay. Right. No, maybe, maybe a little bit more. Cool. About five to ten years after Can I Avengers. Imagine Ewan McGregor now. Ewan McGregor. Yes. Ewan McGregor's Obi Wan, but a little bit, a little bit grey, a little bit more grizzled, a little bit, right. a little cool. bit rougher around the edges. He's a sand hermit. Long so, way down. Sorry, McGregor. Mm. Yeah. So basically, we get a bit of a montage of his life. We see him, you know, hunting his food, living this hermit's life, eating there, keeping an eye on things. We see him by night going and visiting Owen Lars. Like once young Luke is in bed, going okay. and visits Owen, checks on him. There might be a little bit of tension here. Maybe Obi-Wan says something to him like, you know, how, how's it coming along? Are we, are we noticing any signs of his force proficiency? And Owen's like, I don't want him to have any part of that. I don't want, like, you know, I don't need you coming around here. You just go and you protect him. You stay out in the desert. We have, we're, we're raising him here. It's fine. Get your legend back. Sorry? Yeah, 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 he yeah, did yeah, that. Yeah, Joel Edgerton. Yeah, I forgot yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah, no, I'm into it. Real oh, deep. I'm yeah. so into so, it. No, Joel Edgerton will be in it. Um, will be in it. Um, so, own last spinoff. Yeah. Then we're gonna we're gonna follow Obi Wan, and you know, because like the thing is, he doesn't spend all his time just sitting in this little hut. Like he's, you know, he, apart from looking after himself, we actually follow a little bit of, because he's not always watching Luke. So we see him go to the Mos Eisley Cantina. Yep. And I'm imagining that he has a little crew of friends, aliens, people from all around the galaxy, and they're a bit sketchy and the thing all these guys have in common none of them know each other's backstories none of them know each other's past but the thing they all have in common is that they are all running from the empire okay and they get together every now and then there's a group of them and maybe they have a corner in the Mos Eisley cantina and they drink and they talk and they you know have maybe they play a card game and generally just sort of pizzack yeah, yeah that awesome. exactly that, no, that one. i'm into it yeah so it becomes clear they've all they've all kind of got these issues and things um, so leaving, leaving one night from there, we see Obi-Wan like walking, walking through Mos Eisley and he sees a couple of stormtroopers beating the shit out of someone, just absolutely laying into this person, just beating, and it's brutal, mm-hmm. like bloody, like bloodied knuckles. Yep. And Obi-Wan kind of watches and his hand slowly moves to his waist, hovers above his lightsaber for just a second. He stops himself. Mm-hmm. And we might see him back at the hut, kind of sitting there, kind of deep in thought, just a bit... A bit disturbed by this because he can't do anything. He can't give himself away. So the next day he goes out to a nearby hidden hangar. Mm-hmm. Tucked like, away under the Could you have like him sand. almost do like a medit- like that whole Jedi meditation thing? And like mm, when they Jedi meditate, can they commune with someone like well, well, Yoda? Yeah, or we're getting you? into that. We're getting all into right, that. All right. <laughs> yes. Um, so, you know, the next day he goes out to a nearby hidden hangar hidden away in a sand dune and he opens the door and he goes in there and his ship from Return of the, from Revenge of the Sith is in there yeah. and he's fixing it. Okay. And he's been working on mending this ship for quite a while. But now, after seeing the stormtroopers, something's kind of in his head and he's, he's a, bit, a bit shaken, a bit disturbed, starting to think some stuff maybe he shouldn't be thinking. Back at the cantina, he's sitting there brooding. He's not into it one night. Um, you know, a couple of the guys might ask what's wrong and everyone's like, I, I can't be here. So he leaves early. Leaving, he's accosted by one of the guys, like one of the one of his little, I guess, drinking buddies. Yeah. And the guy says to him, you feel it too. And for a moment, everyone's shocked. He thinks the guy's a Jedi, but no. The guy's actually referring to the spread of the Empire. Uh-huh. And the guy says, you know that there's a rebellion happening out there? Starting to gain some heat? Sometimes I wonder if I'd be more used going out and fighting. And the guy starts to explain how he keeps a shipload of, sh- uh, a whole like, a whole yard of spare parts for ships just in case and he's sitting there and the guy says how he's a coward like he wants to get out there he wants to get out there and join the rebellion but there's a price on his head and he's terrified that if he leaves he's going to get fucked up and Obi-Wan doesn't say anything but looking at his face you can see that he feels the same thing because bear in mind apart from how old Alec Guinness looked at this point Obi-Wan is only in his 30s you know, he's in his early 30s at the time of Revenge of the Sith. He's pushing 40. He's in the prime of his life. He's a powerful Jedi. By 40, he was sitting on the Jedi Council, a powerful Jedi and a great general. Hmm. 
And now where is he? He's sitting yeah. here in this back of beyond sand planet watching this kid who may or may not be force proficient, who may or may not actually be any use to them. And he could be out there. There is a rebellion happening right now. Star Wars Rebels, we know, is probably happening within a few years of this. And he could be out there. He could be galvanizing them. He could yeah, be actually fulfilling he, a similar role to what Luke does in Force Awakens. He could be helping. As a rallying point. He, he could be. Could and be he's getting, not. Um, what's... Anakin's apprentice, um, Ahsoka. Ahsoka. He could, you know, be doing what she's and doing. And bear in mind, you know, we're a few years separated from the events of Revenge of the Sith. We're mm. a few years away from that. But the thing is, Obi Wan is still traumatized. He still blames himself for what happened to Anakin, yeah. and he still feels like he could be doing something. And now, away from Yoda's advice, away from Yoda telling him we're going to go into exile, Obi Wan, who isn't nine hundred years old and doesn't have that level of wisdom, is starting to think maybe I could be doing something better somewhere else. Back at his hut, Obi-Wan sits there and he's thinking. And then we hear the voice of Qui-Gon. Be mindful of your feelings. They're betraying you. Obi-Wan ignores him. The next night, he goes to visit his friend. Mm. The guy with the spare parts. Yep, yep, yep. Because Obi-Wan's kind of thinking, Yeah, I can do something. I'm going to fix up the ship. I'm I'm going to fix up the ship and I'm going to go and I can do something. (laughs) So he goes there. And he goes to the shipyard. It's empty, broken bits and pieces. And he calls out for the friend and there's no sign of him. Calls out and he kind of walks into the house. Hello? Is anyone there? Nothing. No reaction. He rounds a corner and slumped over a table is his friend. Mm-hmm. And then Obi-Wan feels something. Something very, very specific. And he takes out his lightsaber and he ignites it. And he walks over to his friend. He touches him on the shoulder and the top half of his body falls off. <laughs> uh-huh. And everyone's kind of staring at it. <laughs> and then he hears Qui-Gon's voice. You know what this is. Everyone runs. He goes to the hideout of one of his other friends. Uh-huh. Cut in half. Uh, are they Another cut in one. half perfectly and it's been like, what's the word, branded off? That kind of nice... It's a lightsaber cut. cut. It's a lightsaber cut. Cut in half, every single one of them, cut one after another, the waist. cut in half. And Qui-Gon's saying to Obi-Wan, you know what this is. And now everyone has to think. He's saying, does the enemy know about Luke? Have they figured out that Luke's here? If this, if this enemy knew that mm-hmm. all of these people mm-hmm. were affiliated with me, does he know about Luke? And Obi-Wan says, I have to go and check. I have to go and check on him. And Qui-Gon's like, no, you don't. You don't. You would know if something was wrong there. Mm-hmm. You will lead the enemy to him. Mm-hmm. You have to stay away from Luke. But you can't leave. So Obi-Wan heads into Moss Eisley. What, what's he going to do? And he visits an old friend of his. Somebody who is very similar to Maz Kanata. Somebody who lives in the Moss Eisley cantina and sort of, not in the cantina, sorry, but in the Moss Eisley spaceport and sort of has a finger in every pie, knows every coming and going, knows what goes on and keeps an eye on things. Okay. And everyone goes in to visit him and says straight away, have you seen anything out of the ordinary? Have you seen anything that doesn't quite add up? Any new faces around here? Is there anyone here who shouldn't be? And he just laughs and replies, everyone here shouldn't be. And everyone says, but somebody dangerous, somebody empire. The friend pauses and he says, you know my business, Kenobi. And it isn't crossing the Empire. You're best off taking this to the huts. <laughs> and Obi-Wan just looks at him and says, never. And he leaves. And as he walks through Moss Eisley, he senses something. He's being followed. He keeps walking, keeps watching, then takes a sudden turn down a dark alley. A shadowy figure appears at the end of the alley, raises his hands, and Obi-Wan turns just as the figure fires a dart, and with a flick of his hand, the dart turns and hits the figure in the neck. <laughs> Obi-Wan grabs him, drags him into the shadows, and then waves his hand and wakes him up. It's a bounty hunter. Who are you working for? Silence. Bounty hunter doesn't reply, just looks at him. Is it the Empire? Is it the Empire that sent you? The bounty hunter just laughs. And he says, there's no Empire here. It's just you and him. And he will never, ever stop. And as he says that, his hand moves to his waist and Obi-Wan can only dive out of the way as he blows himself up. Alright. So Obi-Wan staggers out of there and he grabs his communicator and he contacts Owen on a special frequency maybe that it was only there for emergencies. Is Luke safe? He's fine. 
protect him, hide him, keep him safe at all costs. So what now? If there's no Empire involved, that means that currently there is a chance that the attacker doesn't know about Luke. Hmm. The grudge is against Obi-Wan. Okay. So Obi-Wan returns to the scrapyards. And he begins to gather the pieces he needs for his ship. And he heads back to his hangar. And Qui-Gon's voice again, what are you doing? It's me, he wants, Obi-Wan says. I'm going to lead him off-world and away from Luke, and then I'm going to end this. But as he approaches the hangar, bang! The hangar fucking explodes. Oh, Obi-Wan no. is stranded. Oh. So what the hell can he do? He doesn't know where the enemy is or where he'll strike next. <clears throat> Nobody will help him for risk involving the Empire. Mm. So who has the autonomy that he needs? Who can end this? So Obi-Wan goes to Jabba's palace. As I say, the huts? He enters past the many freakish denizens until he comes face to face with the hut himself. Jabba just chortles. Kenobi, he says. You're a long way from the Republic. I need your help, Obi-Wan says. And I can pay. An enemy is here, an enemy I need found. Jabba pauses and he thinks. He says, we have an interesting relationship, the huts in the Empire. They let us operate with impunity. In return, we occasionally help them out, especially when there's a reward. <clears throat> Obi-Wan slowly reaches for his lightsaber and Jabba smiles, especially when the reward is as big as the one on you, Kenobi. <clears throat> and everyone reaches for their guns at once and Obi-Wan ignites his saber and it is fucking on. Deflecting blaster bolts, severing limbs, running people through until his saber finally reaches Jabba's throat. You see what I can do? You tell the Empire nothing. I'm almost getting like a Kingsman kind of vibe from the <laughs> yeah. church scene. Just like Complete that. Complete with yeah. Fucks up yeah, the entire yeah, yeah. palace. He sheathes his lightsaber and leaves. A couple of guards try to stop him and he just force shoves them out of the way. This is Obi-Wan <laughs> unchained. Yes. So you imagine him walking through the desert. He's griddle, grizzled. He's mm. beaten. He's bloodied. You know, the sand kind of blowing through him. He's out of options. So he goes to the cantina. And in the cantina, he orders two drinks. He takes a seat in the corner and slides the other drink across. And as Obi-Wan takes a sip, a shadow falls over him. And Obi-Wan does not even look up as Darth Maul sits across from him. Ah. You've seen better days, Obi-Wan says. And it's true. From the robotic legs to Mm -hmm. the scars on his Mm -hmm. face and the missing Mm -hmm. eye, Maul is grizzled and damaged. Mm -hmm. So have you, the Sith says. But your your wounds run deeper, I think. That's your weakness. You lose your friends. You bleed. You lost your power, Obi-Wan says. Does Palpatine know you're here? No, Maul says. And once I've killed you, I'm going for him. Mm. Everyone drinks. Be my guest, he says. Maul peruses him. Look at you, Maul says. You could have been the greatest Jedi. You're still young. You're already a legend. Now wasting the prime of your life here in hiding. The great General Kenobi. Exposed finally as a coward. And what about you, Obi-Wan says. Forgotten, left for dead. A relic of a rumoured conflict. An apprentice without a master. Kept alive by makeshift machinery and nothing else. Then here we both sit, Maul says quietly. The lost generation of our respective orders. What do you have left to live for? And then something, in a moment of tired weakness, crosses Obi-Wan's face. Maybe a thought of Luke. Maybe a final realisation of exactly what he's protecting. Of how he is truly doing the work of a Jedi. And Maul sees this at the same moment as Obi-Wan realises what he's given away. Quick as a flash, Maul extends a hand. Obi-Wan is thrown back in his seat, rooted to the spot, as Maul's yellow eyes widen. Skywalker, he says. No, Obi-Wan manages as Maul force throws him across the room. Obi-Wan staggers to his feet, but Maul's gone. Obi-Wan runs out into the street. It's empty. Obi-Wan closes his eyes. He senses where Maul is going. And he heads for the nearest speeder. Starts it, and he's off, racing across the dunes, sand flying around him. Sweet, I do love a good car chase. Mm-hmm. Even better as a and finally, chase. he arrives at the outskirts of the Lars farm. It's night, oh, no. and Darth Maul stands alone, <coughs> just watching. Everyone walks up behind him. It should have been me, Maul says, not Skywalker. It was promised to me. Palpatine broke a lot of promises, Obi-Wan says. It's your choice if you want to keep doing his work. Maul turns to Obi-Wan, his teeth bared, eyes glinting. This isn't for him, Maul says. This is for me. 
and ignites his lightsaber. Grim-faced Obi-Wan does the same. So be it. And so on the sands of Tatooine, framed against the night sky, these two old enemies, once the futures of their respective orders, now burnt out and forgotten, have their final battle. Obi-Wan fights with control and concentration. Maul fights with rage and passion. They are equally matched. But this is no great battle for the galaxy. This is personal. This is about two broken men reclaiming what is theirs. As the fight continues, Maul has Obi-Wan on the ropes. The Jedi was already worn and tired and battered, and Maul beats him back over and over again. Finally, Obi-Wan falls. And as he falls, he looks up, and he sees the shape of the distant farm and the first light of the sunrise, and he remembers Anakin. He remembers his brother, who he failed, and knows that if he dies now, Anakin's last chance at redemption dies too. And Obi-Wan rises. The blades ignite. They clash. And Obi-Wan strikes. And for a moment, the two figures silhouetted against the rising sun stand still. And then Maul falls. And Obi-Wan looks down at him and Maul smiles. You will fail. Obi-Wan looks up at the distant house and the sunrise. I've already won, he replies, as Maul dies. And the two suns rising over Tatooine, Obi-Wan stands tall, watching, and then, beaten and bloodied, but victorious, the Jedi turns and walks home. The end. <laughs> Sick. Yes. So much. Yes. Oh, very, 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 <clears throat> very good. So, because, yeah, Obi-Wan, it, it's been announced that they're making Obi-Wan film, aren't they? Has it been announced? It's or is that it's, just rumoured? It's rumoured. The, the only, the only one that's been announced is Obi-Wan and Han Solo. Yeah, that's okay, it. Okay, so at this moment Everything of recording, else is just it's, a, a rumor. it's a rumour. But I, I do love the idea of having an Obi-Wan film, standalone film, well, partly because we kind of need that bridging gap between what the fuck was Obi-Wan doing on Tatooine And that's it. So and on top long. of it, like... I think you and How did McGregor, he age 30 years and 16? <laughs> yes, sounds, well, that too. Um, but like, I always thought Ewan McGregor was one of the best things about the prequel trilogy. Mm. And I read a great thing once that said how um, it was like a list of like greatest Star Wars characters. It listed Obi-Wan. And it said like in a really roundabout way, Obi-Wan <coughs> is almost like the Han Solo of the prequel trilogy. He's yeah. kind of... Because he's a bit witty. He's a bit funny. Oh, he's yeah. got that dry sense of humor. He's actually the most fun to spend time with. Yeah, yeah. And he's a character who I really, really like. And I think a lot of that's down to Ewan McGregor's performance. So I would love to like take him and give him a film all his own and really do it as like a character study because we we you know how we talked about when we did the episode one thing about how we want to see mm. Obi Wan with some flaws we want to see him as starting out as this flawed guy who becomes Alec Guinness mm. this film in my mind would kind of fix that a bit because we would see that in those intervening years. Obi-Wan isn't necessarily just the stoic Jedi master there because he would sit there and he would think, yeah, I am man. a powerful Jedi. I can help. I could be hmm. a rallying point. I could help turn the tide of this fledgling rebellion. It would be different when there was no rebellion and all hope was lost right at the end of Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, but as yeah. the first rumours of the rebellion start to happen, and also, I mean, like, the thing about Darth <coughs> Maul is that, I mean, obviously, canonically, in Clone Wars, Darth Maul is alive, but yep. as of the end of Clone Wars, we don't know what's happened to him. Mm. He's mm. just... And and uh, the biggest problem that I think everyone can agree with uh, of, of Phantom Menace in particular is you, you killed off Maul and that was a big mistake. Yeah. Maul should have been left alive, uh, kept alive for, for a, at least until the third film. Uh, and yeah. But I actually don't mind. Like, okay, I, I totally agree that he should have been kept alive mm. and been the overarching villain of the prequel trilogy. However, this obviously this version is, we're not changing any of the prequels. Yeah, this yeah, is just yeah. as... Dealing with and what yeah, you've got. And the thing is, of the, of the first film, it becomes so a different conflict. The Maul Obi Wan conflict becomes different in this context because it's no longer this like because Obi Wan defeated him. Obi Wan roundly defeated him, mm. and now it's not actually about. It's not really about revenge <laughs> or about like the greater good or about the galaxy. It's literally just about these two men who were once the great hopes of their respective orders. They were once Darth Maul was going to be the new. Yeah, he was powerful, going to be. Sick, and he would have been Vader. Yeah. Mm. Darth Maul would have been Vader. Obi-Wan probably would have risen. Obi-Wan, like, we bear in mind, you know, Yoda is, you know, what he is, but he's also 900 plus years old. All the mm. rest of the Jedi Council are quite old. Obi-Wan, on his 30s, in his 30s, sat on the Jedi Council. Obi-Wan is an amazingly powerful Jedi. Mm. He really could have been something incredible, but instead he gets whisked off to Tatooine to play babysitter. That mm. would frustrate him. That would absolutely frustrate him. So let's give him some yeah, real I mean, humanity. Let's give him those frustrations. Prequels. And over this film, he learns 
that yeah, you know, a Jedi is all about compassion. A Jedi is all about selflessness. And Obi-Wan's desire to get out there and, and maybe an element of proving himself is a little bit selfish. And by the yeah. end of this film, he realizes he is victorious because he sticks to his duty. He stays and he protects Luke, which is what he has to do. Yeah. And he learns the importance of that. Because if you look at even the, the prequels, uh, Obi-Wan is not someone that will just you know, rest on his laurels. He goes out and he investigates shit. He's going yeah. out and making sure like, hey, something's up here. I need to go and do a bit of space detecting. And he does that. He does it well, and so there is that element. Of course, that would gnaw at him, particularly if he's hearing about a rebellion. Particularly if it's like about like, and if he's hearing oh, about defeats as well, defeats and he's thinking and like that could have been different if I was yeah, there, like Bail Organa. Oh. Yeah. If we want to, I mean, the only reason I make it as early as it is, I mean, oh, yeah. this could easily be happening at the same time as Rebels. So you could drop yeah. in like, but the thing is, Rebels is fourteen years after Revenge mm. of the Sith. So really, yeah, by that yeah. point, Obi Wan should be fair, Alec Guinness. Yeah, and um, no, nah, you want this kind of bit yeah. earlier, and also because if it's the, if it's the early days, you could even add some elements of even Bail Organa. Yeah, Contact- yeah. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Acting Bail Organa, Ahsoka. Yeah. Where was Ahsoka for the years between Clone yeah. Wars and Rebels? We don't know. You could have him, you know, Bail Organa contacting Obi-Wan and being like, we need you. Yeah. And him being like, Can't, I want to go, but I'm... Yeah, I made a promise to Yoda. Um, but, and but he, he hasn't heard from Yoda in years. Like, he's got Qui-Gon for counsel, but, like, he's probably going a bit stir-crazy. That's why I like this idea that he... Because, you know, there's a bit in uh, Attack of the Clones where he stops at the bar and he's, like, I'm going for a drink and he has a drink. And I was mm. like, I like the fact that Obi-Wan is a guy who can <laughs> let his hair down a little bit. Not not heaps. Like, this isn't, like, it's not like he's sitting there like an alcoholic. Like, he goes and he has a drink with his... Yeah. And him mingling with people like Dexter Jetster and whatnot kind of shows that he's quite ha- he's quite comfortable in, like, dodgier <laughs> circles. Yeah, and he's, he's and, also a very social people person. Like, he wants to have a chat with people. He yeah. wants to be and that's why I like the idea that he's got this group of friends around. who are a little bit sketchy, probably bounty hunters, probably criminals, probably smugglers. Yeah. Not and they're all they could be all kinds of like weird aliens. And he just sort of sits and he has a drink mm. with them, and no, none of them know each other's backstories. None of them know what's going on. They just, they, just they all know they're running from the empire. That's what they've got in common. And they sit here and they connect as this band of like rogues on the run here at the end of the world in the back of fucking nowhere. Yeah, I think one thing, and also like with the the like the extra bounty hunter uh, hunting him down kind of stuff. Um, like he could have that almost him stopping them and I like that he tries to force ask them but it stops because I'm guessing clearly Darth Maul has done his own little force little thing on them as well yeah yeah see I'd, I'd, I'd amp that up I'd have almost like a few other bounty hunters yeah oh I'd, yeah I'd, like I'd, this is a this is a, a very outline. early I'd have, I'd have more set piece and more because what I, what I like is the idea that like and that's why he goes to Huts. That's why he goes to his friend in Mos Eisley. That's why he attacks the mm. bounty hunter. Because I, I like the idea that Obi-Wan is trying everything in his power to stop Maul without giving Luke away. Mm. And everything comes up against him. Like the fact that the, the, the yeah. fact that he's alone here and he is an enemy of the Empire mm. has made it... And prior to this, he's just kind of lived his life. Him actually trying to do something becomes extremely difficult mm. when he's asking people to cross the Empire. Mm. And that's why, like, you know, I, w- I would have more sequences like Jabba's Palace. I, I wouldn't have a ton of bounty hunters because I don't want to get repetitive, but there would be more obstacles in his way. There would be more <laughs> yeah. things that stop him. And it's got to drive him to the point where finally all he can do is go into a bar, sit there, and wait for more to find him. Yeah. Because that's, that's what it has to end up at. Would See, that's the thing that I noticed listening to it. With how, like, um, driven Maul is at this point, killing, cutting in half all his friends, getting to him. Would he take the time to talk to him? 
would he not just want to end Kenobi? No, I think I think he would. I think it's and that's because of that's because of where these guys are. Because mm. at this point, let's let's think about Darth Maul for a second. Let's think about where is Darth Maul? Who is Darth Maul at this point? He was abandoned by Palpatine. If we, I haven't seen all of Clone Wars, but I know that like Palpatine, he tries to kill Palpatine in Clone Wars. And the last we see of him is Palpatine's like, I have use for you, but we don't know what that use is. Yeah. That's the last canonically we've seen of Darth Maul. So to me, I think I'm imagining that somewhere in the intervening years, Palpatine's like, I've got a new plaything, I've got Anakin, fuck you off. And what is more, like he was going to be this Sith Lord and now he's not. Mm. He's There's Palpatine <laughs> and there's Darth Vader and there's the Empire, but there's no, I'm even imagining maybe something happened with Darth Maul who's like broken and beaten and a derelict goes to Palpatine the Empire and says let me work with you because what else has he got left what else is he good at and Palpatine said no fuck off so all he's got left is revenge against Obi-Wan and in this really weird way because these guys and their animosity dates back to Phantom Menace and to you know the days of the Republic golden days of the Republic I actually think Darth Maul would give Obi-Wan that time because in a weird way they relate to each other. And that's what's key to this. In a weird way they actually completely understand each other. They've lost different things, but what's most important to a Sith? Power. Mm. What's most important to a Jedi? Compass- uh, compassion and love and selflessness. Obi-Wan has lost the chance to do that. Maul has lost the chance of power. And both of them are burnt out and defeated. And that is what they have in common. So yeah, even though Maul is taunting him, and ultimately Maul is killing his friends, be like, look at what I can do. I'm going to fucking take everything away from you. (laughs) I'm going to take literally everything away from you. But he will still give him the time to sit there and talk Mm. with him. See, I kind of... Oh, you go. Okay, just as you said before, who is Maul? Great, good question. Who are you going to cast as Darth Maul? Uh, Obviously, Ray Park. Um, Keep with that? Yeah, yeah. And uh, Peter name? Sarah Fonowitz, maybe? I don't know, whatever. Um... I wouldn't mind a better Maul. Yeah. I mean... I mean, like, you've got f- full full choice. Well, full choice? Oh, fuck. You can fuck off the cannon if you want. Anyone is Maul. Oh, Fassbender. Oh, fuck, yes. <laughs> yeah. Straight away. Straight Perfect. away comes to mind. Because he's, Fassbender's got that grizzled wolf-like yeah. face. Yeah. Oh, that's so much the, better. Yeah, yeah Fassbender is Maul. Yeah. That's so good. Speaking of grizzled wolf-like face, the way you started describing this relationship kind of does remind me coming from, again, being an X-Men fan, everything having to be through that lens, it is very much like a Wolverine Sabretooth uh, uh, relationship. Yes, that's exactly it. And like, I know in some of the like the better comics, um, Sabretooth basically makes sure he kills someone on, on, on an anniversary of some sort of Wolverines. Hmm. Right now I'm thinking, is it his birthday or is it the anniversary of his marriage? Shit. Oh, well, someone can correct me. Um, but yeah, on the, every anniversary he'll come and kill someone that like, Wolverine sort of cares for. And I like this idea. So, basically, because you were trying to, are you trying to hide that it's Darth Maul from the word go? Um, because I, like the, originally, the, I wanted it to be like immediately obvious from the moment he's cutting people in half. It's like and the I thought about is a really nice nod to like ah, that's Maul. Yeah. yeah, but I, what you know what what ideally my reaction would be from an audience perspective, it would be when you when people are getting cut in half. I want the audience to be like. It's Maul, but then as it goes on, it's like, is is it Maul? And I want to build that frustration right up to the point where Maul fun and and the, the fact that like we build and build and build, it's like, is it? And we're never going to say his name. We're never going to like have any of that. It's just going to be the always being like, but but is it Maul or is it not Maul? Who is it? Or is it Vader? The first time you see someone cut in half, Maul. What from most audience members will not have seen Clone Wars. So Maul, the guy who died in Phantom mm-hmm. Menace, is not going to come to mind. And if Obi Wan and if Qui Gon saying, you know who this is, I wouldn't even mind the audience being th- thinking, wait, is it Vader? Is this like an in-between Obi-Wan Vader thing that we never knew about? You could just be like... But then why would Have Qui-Gon yeah. be very vague and unhelpful and be like, oh, it's yeah. the apprentice. It's like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. Like, I, no, I want to I keep mm, it vague until Maul actually yeah. sits down across Because there's a good way, like, having him bifurcated, like that does, for me anyway, being like, I like Maul. It gives away a bit. And I like the idea of keeping Obi-Wan a bit of a detective. And maybe even Obi-Wan doesn't know. So maybe maybe some are bifurcated. Maybe yeah. some aren't. Some, basically, clearly, it's a, it's a Force user. Yeah, and it's clearly a, a lightsaber. There's a, there has to be some sort of way around it. Uh, and even have the person who's doing this act literally taunting um, Obi-Wan. Like, kind of like Seven. You know the movie Seven? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, kind of like I like the that. detective angle. Because like, he could be hmm. going around Mos Eisley and around... No, not because, I mean... 
I suppose outside Tatooine. the Lars Farm and Jabba's Palace and Mos Eisley, there's not much else of Tatooine that oh, we know that about. We, that we know about. But so he could be going to other places in Tatooine work. and like investigating things. And we could, it could actually be a fun. I mean, even though because we're just going to stay on Tatooine, we're never going to leave Tatooine. Mm. It could be a fun chance to like actually explore Tatooine as a world in and of itself. Like we know, what do we know about Tatooine? We know that it's a, dungy, a dingy cesspool. We know it's run by the Huts. We know pod racing's a big deal. We know a lot of illegal shit goes on, yeah. and we know it's sort of outside Empire control. Um, like oh, what? Another it, thing with the, with the stormtroopers, I would not make them stormtroopers. Let's make them someone else. Make them. No, but, no, I, I want them to be Empire. But why? I, I know that. I know. I know what you mean. Yeah. Like at the same the time, it's got to be that yeah, moment of actually. Yeah. It's got to yeah. be that moment of it's the Empire and he could step in. Yeah, like if it's if it's what? random people, he can step in. If it's the Empire, he can't. Yeah, it doesn't have to be stormtroopers. It has to be something clearly. I, I say stormtroopers because easy visual shorthand. Yeah, true. Yeah. For Empire, I'm just trying to think of. Could it be like people who want to join the Empire and they're like you know having a bit like you know the like Empire's like Empire's. Yeah, like maybe Empire they've got like the Empire yeah. sort of armband symbol. Like in Rebels, there's a lot of like those officers who have like yeah. the oh, uniforms yeah. and the symbols. It could be like that. Like an Empire sympathizer on Tatooine. Yeah. That they're not actually part of the Empire, but they're affiliated somehow. That's one thing I'd kind of look at. But it's a very cool thing to be like, I can't. Also, maybe having him not use a lightsaber because that's a very big giveaway that there's Jedi on Tatooine. And even on, the, even in um, like Jabba's palace, him not going. Like I love the visuals. I love the idea of almost being a, a, a almost kinsman ex, ex kind of. But it might even be cooler and more imaginative if he um not if he's like force using and like yeah and not using his lightsaber because he can't because if he hmm. uses his lightsaber that's a dead giveaway. yeah that too and if he doesn't if he doesn't even take out the lightsaber until he faces off with more big great build yeah, yeah. oh yeah that would be well that would be similar to like the um <sighs> and you could have that line with Jabba like see what I can do and I don't even pick up my yeah, fucking lightsaber yeah. without saying fucking because it's a Star Wars film oh that would be so good <laughs> I want Obi-Wan to have the first fucking Star Wars Star Wars yeah <laughs> but you could have that kind of thing and then it kind of shows Obi-Wan you know maybe you like Jabba's guards and that kind of shit like he just force pulls like a like a pike or whatever and he's just like stabbing and shit um not using a blaster even though he does use a blaster in too clumsy. Too clumsy. Um, you know, using like the pipes. So uncivilized. Kind of exactly. He says in a. I'd so switch out the uh, starting. I like the like. I like the hunting motif because that's a quite like a meditative but mm. still action sort of thing. I'd probably switch it out for like a cold open where he has to deal with some Tuscan raiders just giving him shit for living out in the desert and being a hermit. And he has to chase them off, and he does so easily enough. And it's just more of an annoyance to him than anything. It's like, oh, I'd put, I, I definitely, I, I would even have, I'd have some stuff with Tusken Raiders in there too. Yeah, I forgot like about the cool shit in Tatooine. Tusken Raiders, you got yeah, Jawas. Yeah, there's a lot. Jawas. Oh yeah, I'd have, I'd have, I mean, this is a, this Morgan is a skeleton a pitch for this. This is like a skeleton <laughs> yeah, pitch yeah, of like yeah, what yeah. the film yeah. is at its heart. Like, you know, if it was, if I was, <clears throat> Disney, <clears throat> if I was to, um, to, you know, get given the keys to actually write this shit, I would go right into Tatooine society. I would have Obi-Wan investigating so much shit. I would have run-ins with Tusken Raiders. I would have dealings with Jawas. I'd have more about the huts because be like, like, I want to build up to him going to Jabba because I want to clarify that Obi-Wan's like, the huts are filth. And I, I kept it a bit vague because I, I, it's been a while since I've seen Clone Wars, but I don't actually know if Obi-Wan and Jabba have had dealings before. I think they have in Clone Wars. I think Jabba's in Clone Wars quite a bit. He's, he, Jabba's yeah. definitely had dealings with Anakin. Because that was in the For movie. For sure with Anakin. Um, by extension, I think they have cross paths. Because there's like a hot council. And I'm pretty sure Jabba's a part of that. And even if they haven't, Jabba would know who Obi-Wan is yeah, anyway. Yeah, he would. Because yeah, So, like, the fact is, you know, but that's another one. Like, I really want Obi-Wan to, like... He, he won't go to the huts yeah, yeah. until he absolutely has yeah. to. I even like fucking Jabba being, like, old Ben... Real good use of subterfuge, dickhead. Yeah, <laughs> like, and see, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind a Jabba who's a bit more because, like, the thing about Jabba. Even I take though, like, back what I said. I want Jabba the Hutt to have the first fuck in Star Wars. <laughs> the, the thing about Jabba is, like, you look at him in that. I know, I know, it's exce- uh, special editions and it's shit, but that scene between oh, Jabba yeah. and Han, and Jabba's quite sprightly for a big slug. Like he's like <clears> rolling <throat> around and like talking to Han and everything. Whereas by the time of Jedi. He's just even more bloated and disgusting, yeah. and just like, ugh, don't care. So I'm he's wondering, had if twenty like, years of just being like, feed me those. I don't frogs know what he's like in Clone Wars, but like, if we dial it back to a time when Jabba might be a bit sharper, because we know the Jedi mind tricks don't work in him. So this would be a time before he's still a glutton and still disgusting, but maybe like he's not eating, he's not eating so much. He's not so just kind of bloated and rotund like now he's a bit sharper, a bit more on point, a bit more like, oh yeah, old Ben, I knew all about you. I was like. 
Like, mm. and maybe he knew that Obi Wan's been there the whole time. He's always kind of intended, like, to take Obi Wan out. But like, maybe he's like, "Oh, Obi Wan, I was gonna like send someone for you eventually to get that reward." But glad that you're here. Yeah, they're doing my it for me. Like, yeah, that'd be very, very. Jabba's cool. like the smarter, more cunning sort of mob boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then definitely kind of build that up. Uh, yeah, I think that's really cool. I definitely have really pushed that detective angle. Really pushed that idea of. You know, maybe just certain things are happening. Maybe not like you kind of have them. His his buddies getting killed off one by one before he meets them. I would kill one off. And kill then, one off, then and then investigate. Every, then another every, one. Dies. Everyone start yeah, freaking out. Yeah, right. I could kind be of like, build that paranoia to be mm. like almost in between. Like I heard he was shot in the head. I heard he was blasted. And mm. we'll make no, no, he was this. And then be like, are you sure? You're, aren't you a fucking next Jedi? Are you, do you know, almost yeah. like paranoia oh, yeah. with those group yeah. of friends because they would be so paranoid. Oh, of course, yeah. Like if, he, if they're talking to the other ones and everyone's mm. like trying to figure it out and then they're like, and then one of them's like, I've seen his lightsaber before. Yeah, yeah. he's doing it. He was acting really weird the other night as well. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah, fuck that too. Like, like he was acting really weird the other night. What the fuck's thing? going on? Like, a group he, of and friends. He had, a bounty, he had a bounty on his head. What, were you going to like kill him and take him to the Empire and get a pardon? Is that what was going on? Yeah. Maybe we should all do that. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, or it's like, you know, and there's like, what do you mean? I've played, you know, Pazak with him and he's never cheated. You, though, you're a cheating... What, is it you? And then you could have, like, all that these could be like rogues, another, like, another victory. Yeah, another victory yeah. for more. I got your friends exactly. to turn Instead on you. Instead of killing all of them, he turns them all on each other. So, like, his, say he's got four him. friends. One dies. One dies. Hey, <laughs> he's giving us the finger. One <laughs> dies. I didn't mean to, I swear. One Subconscious, <laughs> it's good. The three left are discussing it. Two of the three say, let's cash in on this bounty. This it, we, We're certain he's killed our mate. Yeah, we're certain yeah. he killed... Other one is like, no, 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 I'm out of this. Those two turn on him and Obi-Wan regrettably has to kill them to get them off his yeah. back. And also then he like... goes to visit his final friend and finds the Herbie Robinson baseball player cut in half. Yeah, below yeah, yeah, yeah. And because it can be kind of the idea that if he can kill our mate and if he's got a light... He's probably wanted more by the Empire than we are. We might get a pardon. We might get... Oh, yeah, and good. so you kind of have yeah, that... Yeah, yeah, and all of that. So that, that gives you like a whole other 20 minutes Well, they're minutes doing of that. Like... Obi-Wan's investigating. That's how he could get the Tuscans in. He could be... Someone's been killed. Right, probably Tuscans. Let's mm. check this out. First yeah, stop. that's true. Yeah. Um, what about... Yeah, I like it. Like, structure it more like a murder mystery. Because, like, yeah, what I've got... The have moment, a red like, hair. Everyone kind of figures out more straight away, even though he doesn't say it. But it could be like he's got a feeling, but he's like, nah, he's dead. Yeah, he He's, knows Maul's not dead. Though. He knows Maul's not dead, but like at this point, he might not. Yeah, because like, we don't know what's happened, like in the Clone Wars continuity to Maul. Like as far as Obi Wan knows, Maul could be long dead. Yeah, that could be a great insult from Obi Wan to Maul. It's like I haven't thought about you in decades, mate. Yeah. yeah, honestly, I thought you were dead. And if imagining Maul, who's like so obsessed with Obi Wan, and Obi Wan's like, I thought, because like Qui Gon could say, <laughs> yeah. you know what this is, and Obi Wan's like, no, nah, it's not possible. It's not possible. And we could even, like, I, I don't know, like, I, the reason I want to keep it a little bit vaguer with Maul mm. is because I don't want this film to feel only accessible to people who've seen Clone Wars. Like, I want it to be, so if you've seen Clone Wars, yeah, you can infer that Obi-Wan and Maul have had dealings in the interim. If you haven't seen Clone Wars, uh, you've seen Phantom Menace. Yeah. yeah. It still makes sense. Yeah. It's still like, you know, I don't, they don't, they're not necessarily going to refer to Clone Wars, it'll just be Obi-Wan saying, I haven't thought about yeah, you in years. Yeah, even to be Obi-Wan being like, I haven't thought about you in, in years, and him being like, but you've thought about Anakin. Yeah, because you know what I mean? jealousy. Yeah. And it's just like, of course. <laughs> of course I had that. He was my Think friend. I Anakin every day. He was yeah. my brother. He was my brother. I loved him. I loved him. And then I had the high ground. Exactly. Which way? I just set him on fire. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then fucking Morgan be like, but I had the high ground and you cut me in half. What's the high ground? Maybe a bit where like, like Obi-Wan and Maul have a drink. And then Obi-Wan's like explaining what happened. He's like, and I had the high ground. And Maul's like, well, I had the high ground. I had the high ground. It means nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I, I guess. I I'm got... so good at this Jedi thing. He's like, oh. he's like fuck, I could have got cut in half. Shit. High ground, low ground, doesn't matter. Well, I'm guess, a champion. I guess really it doesn't matter who's got the high or low. It's who. What, what, what matters is if it's if it's me. <laughs> if then, oh, I'm the fucking king of the Jedi. Then and cut then, to Obi Wan and Maul at a whiteboard, like figuring out the physics of high <laughs> ground versus low ground. Uh, what about having? Oh, I forget how to, I don't know how to, I don't know how to pronounce this. But it starts with a K and ends in dragon. Um, but the oh. dragon that's on Tatooine, um, or like those reptilians that are on Tatooine, Crito dragon, yeah, something like that. Something like that. I'd love doing. I don't know how, but I almost feel like that was, that the, the producer. Girliest, I don't know how. I don't know how. Like you, how. you can't. You can't really hear it. But he did. Like he perked up. 
put his chest out, his head swiveled from side to side. I did. Uh, Zabit, you're a sweetie. I am. And this sort of feels like the producer of like Wild Wild West, who's like, <laughs> I want a mechanical spider, but like, I want a giant dragon. Uh, Most dangerous animals in the I want, animal exactly, kingdom. Mechanical spiders. But I do want a giant dragon. Like, I, I'd love to include a yeah, scene well, with that Every happens. Every Star Wars film has a monster moment. Yeah. yeah. So, shoot yeah, one that in some Fucking dragon. Sick. Fuck it. There's so much, there's so much room. Like, I mean, that's, that'll be the fun of this. Like, you can just make it, like, yeah, keeping the detective stuff, but making it grittier and kind of a Western as well. I mean, it's just, I, I just want to get to that final, like, framed against mm. the rising sun of Tatooine, like, you know, mm. on the dark blue sky and the two, like, the two flashing lightsabers. Like, yeah. I just, it's, to me, that's beautiful. And another thing I'd probably really try and, like, filter through this whole thing is that he doesn't have his lightsaber on him or at least not that we know of so yeah. that moment where he's seeing two like empire people going he goes for his spear or he goes for like something yeah, that's yeah. not like where his lightsaber should be so we're all thinking like does he actually just not have his lightsaber so then when he finally versus maul you know the other side or from his back or something mm. you know like that he's actually pulls it out then it's like oh he had it all along ah sick yeah um, yeah almost wicked. like he just doesn't want to use it and then you have this sweet fight. I just love the idea of the twin sons popping up behind um, the Lars farm, and then there's yeah. uh, and you never, you never dragging more. You never specifically see Luke, or you might glimpse him. Like you nah, might, don't. you might even nah. glimpse like a little you, blonde kid, nah, but you nah, never nah, see his face. Nah, that would be see him. yeah, no, nah, never see him. And I, and I would have, I would also have more of um, Owen. Mm. Like um, yeah. I'd have more of him. Like I'd have more of him. He's an Obi Wan's kind of tense relationship. More Joel. Yeah, Where, more, more Joel. He can always. get up and punch Darth Maul well, in the we, face. We sort of imply in um, in well, what New Hope oh, yeah. that oh, Baru, Baru can be in it too. But like we sort of imply in New Hope, she make blue milk. Yeah. But <laughs> she, but oh, I'm even thinking like maybe like when everyone comes and visits them by night because yeah, New Hope like the way Owen kind of refer, he seems like a grumpy old man. The way like he refers to the Jedi and refers to Obi Wan and everything, mm. he seems just like he probably just doesn't think much of any of that. So imagine mm. that like Owen and I'm imagining like maybe. Obi-Wan comes to visit them and Owen's like a bit tense. Owen's like, he's fine. He's fine. He's doing his chores. He's good. He's on top of that. And Baru might come out and be like, oh, Obi-Wan, come in. Do you want something to eat? Oh, yeah. And like, actually, like Baru's a bit more sort of... Nicer. Nicer. But like to to Owen, he's like, well, all these fucking Jedi, you know, they came, you know, that... Actually, no, that makes no sense. (laughs) (laughs) I I was thinking this whole thing, like his grudge against Anakin because of Anakin's mum dying. Then I was like, no, that was just Tusken Raiders. It had nothing to do with Anakin. Or it could just be even... Here's here's a little subplot to be on the notes. Um, Even have the fact that him and Baruch don't have kids and maybe they can't have kids. Yeah. And so he kind of has a little bit of resentment towards Luke in that regards because this isn't his flesh and blood. This isn't really... You know, part part well, of they're him, not related be, at all. He's got to raise him, and he's kind of resentment because this kid, and he knows that this kid ain't gonna stay on the farm. He knows that this kid is well, he's been for told from things. the start. This guy is going on, to, yeah, and he's got and Obi Wan's a constant reminder, and so he's kind of and, like, I've got no legacy. And you could also have Owen kind of being a bit like, well, what the fuck am I? Just like a placeholder here? Yeah, like, well, I'm just I'm literally a guardian until this guy goes off, and we're gonna keep him <clears> moisture <throat> farms instead of raising my own son mm. and doing all of this. Mm-hmm. Instead, I've got... Or, flip it, so he's not less bitter, kind of the, like the Snape Harry Potter thing. You know, where it's kind of like, I've been protecting this kid, and you're basically throwing him as bait for Voldemort. Yeah. Where it's like, I'm protecting this kid, and you want to throw him to the fucking Emperor when he gets of age, because you think that just because he's the son of Vader, that he's going to be able to challenge them? He's a kid. And then you could have, like, and then you could have Obi-Wan kind of, you know referring to the line of thinking that he's starting to question a lot, being like, well, Master Yoda says, and he's like, yeah, well, Master Yoda isn't raising this kid. Yeah. yeah. Master Yoda hasn't, like, you know, changed his diapers yeah. and, like, fed him and raised him and looked after him. Master Yoda hasn't <sighs> done any of that. Oh. Like, he's, he's my, my boy. Son. He's my like, boy. Imagine a bit where Owen actually, like, voice cracking. He's like, he's my son. Yeah. Oh. And he's like, and like to Obi-Wan, you, know, you just watch from a distance. That's all you're doing. Like, yeah, he's, to you, like, he's you a Jedi pawn. are so self-important that, yeah. you know, raising your chosen ones and your pawns and all of this. I'm fucking ra- You know that bit in, um... That bit in Fargo season two where uh, the the girl who reads like all the nihilist stuff oh, yeah. is like talking about Nietzsche or something and talking about like how death is like a great joke or something mm-hmm. and the mother who's dying of cancer is like, yeah, well, I bet he doesn't have a doesn't have Kid. a six-year-old daughter. Yeah. Mm. And it's just that, that simplicity between like, you know, the grand lofty ideals versus mm. the reality of just yeah. being like, well, no, this is my kid. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a great way to ground everyone back into the mission as well. Like that could be the climax after the climax of the film is that conversation between Owen and Obi. 
And she's like, I've sacrificed stuff too, Obi-Wan. Get your head out of your ass. Yeah. This isn't all about you. It's yeah. all about him. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe, maybe instead of like Obi-Wan oh, staggering so off sweet. afterwards, Owen actually finds him, like beaten and bloodied, and like takes him in and looks after him. And maybe like we end on, we still end on Obi-Wan walking away, but maybe you have a bit of a coda. Because I, I like the idea of Obi-Wan like walking off into the sands and being like, this is my destiny, this is my role, and I'm accepting it and embracing it now, which is the arc of the film. But before that, maybe like they take him in and they like patch him up and they have a bit where like, you know, because it's late at night and they're all like really early morning mm. and they're there and they're kind of looking <clears throat> after him. And, um, and maybe Owen sort of actually says to him, do you, do you want to see Luke? Mm. And maybe Luke hasn't woken up yet. No one kind of has a moment where he goes in there and he looks, we don't see Luke, but he like looks at the sleeping Luke. And does like a smile or something of being like, I can see Anakin in him. Mm. Uh, the good, the good in Anakin. And like that's sort of, the, maybe, maybe prior to that, Owen actually won't let Obi-Wan oh, yeah. see Luke. I mean, I know Luke mm. and Obi-Wan have met before because it's in, like they, they are familiar with each other in yeah. New Hope. But like prior to that, like maybe Owen's just been like, no. you like, yeah, I let I let Anakin go with you, and he turned into Darth Vader. I'm keeping you the fuck away from every Skywalker. Yeah, mm. and then maybe at the end, finally, like he realizes what Obi Wan's done. Like he realizes Obi Wan has like gone through hell to protect Luke, and has finally killed Maul. And he kind of lets him in, and you have this like sweet moment where everyone actually gets to see him and sort of realizes what he's protecting and realizes what his job is. <laughs> I've got a really terrible idea. Oh, no. <laughs> Good. Right. No. So I've got good feelings and now, Zamet. No. And then, and then as he's looking at Luke, he just looks like he's like, and said, "This boy is going to be no, and don't the you camera, fucking... a new hope." Oh, cunt. oh, I hate you! I fucking hate you! Oh, go cut yourself! Go die to fire! Oh. Oh. <laughs> Actually, that gives me to another question. Mm-hmm. Final question. <laughs> Title. Mm. Mm. I don't know. I feel like, I don't know, Star Wars Anthology, Kenobi, Star Wars Anthology, Tatooine. Something Ken- simple. Even just Kenobi. Kenobi. Yeah, Kenobi. I, I can see there that in the expanded universe book called Kenobi set. Oh, yeah, but, oh that doesn't exist anymore. That doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Even if it, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Never yeah, matter. It doesn't, doesn't fucking matter anyway. Yeah, so yeah, uh, Star Wars Anthology, or what are they? It's not called Star Wars Anthology anymore. It's called like a Star Wars story. So I think it's Rogue One, a Star Wars story. So Kenobi, a Star Wars story. Mm-hmm. There you so, go. Done. Magic. And on that note, I've been Joel. I've been Gabe. I've been Tom. And if you guys have any uh, uh, thoughts and opinions about your ideal Obi-Wan Kenobi standalone film or any other uh, uh, standalone Star Wars films, just send them in. Sanspansradio at gmail.com. How good. If you think this show is worth at least a dollar, why not donate to our Patreon account? Follow the links on our website, sanspantsradio.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.